Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. Here on The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth, how you can build businesses and wealth that would outlive the founder and have sustained impact not only over time, but also over space. And we have these conversations in an environment of authenticity, curiosity and vulnerability inviting business owners and expert teachers from all over the world to teach us a thing or two about building legacy businesses and wealth. This week, I was joined by Avi Aria, who was an impeccable guest. He's a father of two girls, um, a husband to a superwoman in his words, a streetcar racer turned hotelier, and now a social media marketer the founder of Internet Moguls and lives in Vancouver, Canada. And I brought him on because he works together with his family in building his service business. And we really unpacked the blessings and the burdens of working with family. Over the last two years of the pandemic, they created an online business school to help business owners who confuse business strategy and constant business anxiety. They really help folks get very clear on optimizing their social media strategy, positioning to improve return on investment. So I'd encourage you to tune in, enjoy and share this episode. Hi, Avi. Welcome to The Connected Generation. It's awesome to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today on a beautiful Tuesday morning in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful afternoon here in Austin. Um, I'd love to dive deep into your um, your work and how you got to where you are. I know that today you're a father of two girls. You are the founder of Internet Moguls. Um but tell me more about the backstory. How did you get here? Um, I'd love to say I know, you know, it was life by design and one foot in front of the other. I had a dream and I followed my dream, but nothing like that happened. <laughs> the, I'm 46 years old, but when I was 18, all I wanted to do in life was to race streetcars. My dad would sleep and from under his pillow, I would steal his car keys and go race with people. And win some races and in my 18 year old head, I was a streetcar racer. Uh, so I had two dreams at that time to become a streetcar racer and also to start um, to go to the Oxford University and study, not because I was academically inclined, because I just wanted to meet a lot of people from around the world. And I wanted to someday see myself in that Oxford blue blazer. Mm. But both my dreams came crashing down when my dad told me he lost everything in his business. He had to sell the house. We started everything from fresh and mm. um, it was, he said, you can't go abroad, no more races. I mean, we didn't have the car. He sold the only car we had. And How so old were you at this point? I was, I was around 18. Oh, okay. So no more dreams. My friends are going abroad, all of that. I don't know what I'm going to do in life. The only thing that was that my dad gave me is an ultimatum. If you want to stay in under my roof, you have to start working and helping in the family business, which was a small 27-room guest house. I would mm. do the housekeeping. I would do the cleaning. I would take care of the restaurant and not make any mo any money. And I was angry. I was angry because at 18, you don't understand when life takes turns and when everybody else in your friend circle does what they want to do and you're the only one who can't. Mm. So I'm working in that small guest house 
And one day an international tourist walked in. He paid us in Dutch guilders, which is the currency of Holland before the euro came in. It was, mm. we, I converted the money. It turned out to be double the Indian rupees. I thought to myself, foreigners pay double. I need all foreigners in my hotel. But how do I get now? We're talking about the early 2000s. How mm. do I get people to understand what, how, you know, how to get in touch with this 27 room hotel in Delhi? Now, mm. during that time, there was a new phenomenon called the internet. And it was just like crypto is today. A lot of people do it. Many people don't understand it. I uh, saw in, uh, I, there was only two places in Delhi, which were charging $9, 400 rupees for 30 minutes of the internet. Started working, uh, went there, tried websites would still not open, but the chat would open, started talking to people, realized people are helpful, realized that I needed more than half an hour, realized mm. I cannot pay $9 again and again, realized that this was the end of my internet journey. Again, got disappointed, came back to the guest house and I didn't know what to do. Until six months later, I saw an ad in the paper. Satyam Computers looking for cyber cafe partners. Immediately contacted that gentleman 30 years ago called Rohit Sikhan. Rohit is still a friend of mine because, you know, I was one of the first people to contact him. After three months of unnecessary paperwork, we got a six computer cyber cafe. Again, there was no website would not open. Everything was super slow. It was the slowest internet on the planet. But the chat would work. People were helpful. And they told me, I need to do something called a website. I don't mm. know how to get it done. They told me that there are some companies in Bangalore, which are doing it for American companies. Got in touch with those people. They said they'll work something on the weekend. They did. Took six months to deliver the website. I thought my fortunes are going to change, but nothing happened. <laughs> I realized success is not a one-step journey. It's a series of journeys, series of steps that leave you, lead you to where you want to be. So I started understanding what else I need to do. People started saying, write articles and blogs. I started doing that. They started ranking very fast. Then I started getting traffic. Now I had website and traffic, but no conversions. People said, put a query form or a toll-free number. Both query form and toll-free number companies were in America. They asked for something called a credit card, which we did not have at that time. My aunt was living overseas contacted her. She gave the credit card. The query form happened. The website happened. Everything happened. Things started coming together. I started getting my first ever experience of something called the electronic mail. I didn't even know if these were real people I was working hard with replying back and forth to. On 15th of December, I went to the airport, took a taxi, went to the airport, picked up a family of four people. They were real human beings. They checked into my guest house and they paid me 400 rupees, 400 dollars to stay for nine days. That was my first ever internet income. After that, I never looked back. We did a lot of work on the internet, filled up my hotel. I started leasing other hotels, filling them up, leasing other hotels, filling them up, started doing many more websites, started leasing hotels in different parts of India. People, mm. the success completely changed everything. Now the gentleman, my dad, who wanted to throw me out of the house, wanted to have strategy discussions with me. Everything in my life started changing. And then mm. came TripAdvisor, Google and Expedia. These companies came to India. Some of these companies hired me to speak at events to tell people what I had done for my dad's small business. When I started talking to a thousand people at a time on these stages, people started flocking to me and saying, can you do this for us? That's when in 2009, with a four member team completely bootstrapped, I started a company called Internet Moguls, which started doing internet marketing for hotels in 2009. And now from in the last 13 years, we went from four to 200 plus people working with 700 clients in 10 countries. And now uh, then came the pandemic, the pandemic shut down the hotel that I have in India, shut down the agency. The only thing that I had was webinars. I started doing webinars 
and I realized mm-hmm. my mess is my message. Whatever's happened in my life is my lesson. I started teaching people how to get over adversity, how they can use videos to reach out to anybody to build a business from scratch, which I did many years ago. We sold almost two million dollars worth of courses just during COVID, in the last in the two years of COVID, uh, doing webinars. And uh, now the agency is back on track. The hotels in back on track. But COVID gave birth to another business, which is doing webinars for myself and teaching people how to do that. And now I live in Vancouver, Canada, with my two girls, six dogs, and my superwoman wife. Wow! Wow! There's so much to unpack there. Um, I'd love to go straight back to when you said um, your father lost everything in the business at the age of 18, and I'd love to know more about how that was for you as a family um, and for you specifically. How did you pull through that season? Uh, for me personally, it was uh, I should have been more empathetic, taking care of my parents more. But for me, it was more anger because for me, it was like, I don't think it is any fault of mine, but everything in my life is changing. Uh, so it was a lot of selfish thoughts. For mm-hmm. my parents, they never once, they never once let us feel that we don't have everything. The mm-hmm. house was always full of love. The table always had a lot of food. My dad was almost always non-available because he had to put the food on the table. And mm. But my mom made sure she had that smile on her face. There was always food on the table. And uh, I almost started feeling guilty for not, <laughs> for not feeling happy that we are just together and we still have everything in the world. So there was never a feeling of lack, never something that we lost. Yes, there was always a dream, a dream to make a house, to own a home again, which would be mm. ours, where we would put my dad's... Uh, you know, our, our, our last name outside the house, a nameplate mm. and say we have our house again. And the next mm. 10 years, we would all only look at other people's homes and say one day we should have our own own home again. Wow, that's really powerful. And looking forward to when you then um, discovered the internet as a great place to um, make money and you decided to establish internet moguls what was your vision um behind internet moguls i guess what was the 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 purpose for um for your see honestly i wish i had a vision i had a mission i would have started a company but i had no vision no mission i was just a young kid (laughs) i was riding high on four years of successful internet money time and when people said you can do for see what i was doing for my dad's hotel was to be able to get leads and business through the internet and that's i just started replicating that model for other hotels started Mm -hmm. making money and with that money, I bought a few properties. I took care of myself. I got married, all of that. I had no vision. I don't have a five-year plan. I now do. Mm-hmm. Internet Moguls is one of the leading companies for digital marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. It is bootstrapped. It's been running for 13 years. I want to have it grow to a $100 million company that is serving people around the world. But I didn't have a vision then. Things just happened. My first book is called The Accidental First Mover. Things just started mm-hmm. happening. And... Uh, and I cannot say I took, you know, I capitalize on it. I saw the opportunity coming. Nothing, nothing. If I'd seen all of those, I would have maybe been out of work by now because I would have retired by now. But the fact that I'm <laughs> still working is because I still, there were so many things I didn't know then, which I know now. If I had known, I would have 10x everything and retired by now. So I made a lot of mistakes on the way. I'm still mm-hmm. working. I'm still giving a payroll. I'm profitable. We're doing very well. But we're still in the game. We're still grinding. I, mm. I've not made enough money to retire, which I would have if I had a vision and vision, vision and mission in place. 
Mm. You, you know, it's interesting. I think um, there is a place for that experimental um, testing, going out there, seeing what works, right. especially in the early stages. And, and when you prove the model and it's this is stabilizing, um, then it's like, okay, we need to refine this and get clearer on where we're heading, how we're getting there, um, and how we're going to pull people up on that journey with us. Um, I do think there's a lot of pressure on entrepreneurs um, to have it all figured out in the first early stages when, frankly, no one knows. I know. <laughs> no one I knows know. what's going to work. <laughs> I know. And no one knows. And it's like, it's crazy. Even the VCs or the investors and all, everybody yeah. acts so high and mighty as if they can do it again. Yeah, and I challenge exactly. people to say, hey, you know what? Do it again. It's almost by, it's almost by, you know, you put, you put 20 things together in a shaker and you shake everything. And comes out a beautiful smoothie and you're like, hey, I made this. Sure. Can you do that again? No, I don't even know the ingredients I put in over the last 10 years. <laughs> Indeed. And I was going to ask, you've had a lot of kind of transition and transformation from the hotel business, streetcar racer, you know, social media marketing and now internet moguls. And and what to what do you attribute your ability to keep just trans- making changes? My parents. My parents... Right. Every day, every day, even I just spoke to them half an hour ago. They're in India mm-hmm. every day. You're like, chin up, keep marching. I tell my dad the worst thing has happened. He's like, okay, it's happened. All you can <laughs> do is to keep on moving. If I tell wow. them the most amazing thing happened, I won a big deal or a contract. Great. It's happened. Keep marching. My dad and does never, never lets you either cry or celebrate more than five minutes. Wow. And my mom is always happy about everything in life. And she's like, oh, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God, for everything. So because of these two people, I, 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 you know, it's like, you know, like as kids, you're always kids. You're always trying to prove to your parents and somewhere I'm trying to do that as well in my, I, they're always in my head and I'm always saying, you know what, I'm moving on. I'm keep on, I'm, I'm you know, I'm marching on and I hope you're proud of me. Mm, powerful. And so, um, I'd love for us to unpack you working with family. Um, what have been the blessings and burdens, I guess, right, of, of, course. of, of coming together and working with family? So, so, bird, so, so blessings, yes, because uh, you never feel alone. You come back home. It's almost like a committee of angels sitting together and saying, uh, I can sense some tension and you talk to them because you're in the same business. So mm. they can pick up the thre- thread for, from wherever. And then you can go to sleep and somebody will think of a solution for you. The next morning, it'll be ready. So working in a family business, is like team sport, 11 people playing together, five people, however many people. It's mm-hmm. great, but it does get annoying because you feel, hey, you know what? Uh, where is like, you know, when you have something, when you have, if you had a great burger, if you had a great soup, you can't say the soup was good because of the tomato or because of, you know, of any one ingredient. The soup is good because of the soup. But if one yeah. ingredient wants to shine out and say, I want to be the avocado and I want, you know, I don't want to be in a soup and I want to tell people that I can be in other places as well. Then you want to stand out and that's when you don't like a family business. But if you're okay being part of the soup, it's the best thing in the world because mm. everything is together. But if you want to look for your own identity, that's when you get out of a family business, start looking for your own identity. I'm not saying it's wrong, but looking mm. for your own. when I went out on my own, which I have been for the last 10 years. It is not easy. I speak to my dad. He's my guide. He's my mentor. And all of that is really useful. But at the same time, we're not in the same business. And I miss that every single day. Mm, powerful. And do you, you've got daughters of your own. Um, you mentioned they get involved in any capacity in your business. 
Right. So, so we 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 interviewed people like Gary B, Grant Cardone, or like 100 internet moguls from around the world. Together, we put a podcast together. We put a book together. We sold 8,242 copies of the book. Uh, wow. They wrote, they, you know, we wrote the book together. They published it, all of that. So, to that extent, we are partners. We made some money together as well. But mm. right now, they're doing their college, and uh, you know, uh, they're going, doing their getting ready for university. The elder one, mm. uh, and so I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know if this business is going to exist with all the chat GPT and you know automation coming. I don't know even if any business is ever going. If my business is going to be there forever. Or, or I'll be it. But so I haven't really thought that far out. But I know we have a common dream, my wife and my kids and I, is that one day we want to have a dog farm with hundred dogs, and we want to rescue wow. every dog. We want to make sure that no dog dies under our supervision, because uh, I, I'm not sure if you know, but if dog shelters are most dog shelters are full, and if you if a dog goes to a shelter and the shelter doesn't have space for more than 48 hours, they have to put the dog down. So every minute oh, wow. dogs, are, dogs are being put down. Because people don't open their homes as rescues. You have a home, you have a yard. You can easily adopt one dog, but mm. each to his own. If people don't do it, my, there's a one common dream. Everybody is different in our family, like any any other. But in my family, we have one common dream, which is to have a dog farm. So if that happens, then uh, I'm very happy that, to have that as the next uh, next mission in life. Wow, you mentioned um, resources. Um, you mentioned a book. Um, can you tell us more about that? The accidental. I didn't catch last. Yeah, the first book was called the Accidental First Mover on how okay. things happened by accident, and I became a first mover. I was not the first hundred. I was not the first fifty. I was not the first twenty-five. I was not even the first five. I was the number one person mm. in the country who had a website for a budget hotel in the country. Why would a budget hotel in the early two thousand need a website? So, but because it happened, you know, fortune changed. So that's why I was the first mover. The second book that I wrote with my girls, which you know, which is which we're very proud of, is called the Internet Moguls of the World. Now these are all entrepreneurs who are like us, who we believe are family-first entrepreneurs, and uh, all their work and everything revolves around their families. Wow. Um, you mentioned earlier about um, you know when we're talking about your daughters, and you said frankly you don't re- you're not really sure about where everything is headed and their potential right. involvement because you don't even know if the business will exist in light of the technological changes and um, right. CBT and all that. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Um, See, the thing is, in, you know, the thing is that today everything is so uncertain. Uh, the only thing I feel confident about is people will still stay in hotels. They will still need shelter. So mm-hmm. I think hotels will still be there. But a services agency like a digital marketing agency when mm-hmm. content and everything can be put into a system and the system can automate everything for you you can actually go to a software and you can pick up a video version of a human being and then match a voice there are many audio files pick pick up a video version of a person pick up an audio file match them together and you have a robot avatar which never looks a uh, uh, which which looks 100% like a human being has never mm-hmm. existed on this planet and now you can train them to make calls for you do business development for you write content for you all of this at an affordable price i don't know how long service based industries are going to be around for maybe strategy maybe consulting i don't know but mm. uh, i don't know we fallen down so many times we've lost things so many times that i don't feel as scared i mean i do feel scared my uh, part of my ego feels more scared than my heart because my ego is like if my business goes then my you know then who am i then you know my mm. my whole identity is wrapped unfortunately wrapped around my identity you know my oh i am the founder of internet moguls i want to start working on that and start believing i'm more than that but for mm. now 
I do feel scared that that's one part of my identity that might go. And uh, but my my heart also feels happy that you know, hey, amazing! You get to live another chapter in your life uh, as a result, and it's mm. not even going to be your fault if you close your business and you want. If I if I if you you know what I think sometimes human beings are crazy. Silently we want to self sabotage one aspect of our life just to uncover something new which we don't know about. And can you unpack that? What do you mean by that? You know, sometimes I just feel that sometimes you know when you're doing something for a long time, even if it's a relationship. Or mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a business, you just feel if if automatically everything finishes, mm. how would a new chapter in my life be? I don't want mm. to finish it. I don't have the guts. But if it happens automatically, how would my next chapter be? Mm. I think every human being thinks about that, then feels guilty. Oh my God, I've got everything going for me. Why should I finish this? But if nature or God or whatever have have you finishes it on, on its own, then I'd be interested in seeing what the next chapter holds for me. Mm, I think that's so powerful, really, really powerful, especially as you kind of alluded to the fact that um, we don't know what the future holds and we're such in a disruptive environment. And I loved what you said about often my ego feels more scared than my heart. I think that's so relatable um, for a lot of entrepreneurs because, you know, there's an image to uphold. There's also, frankly, uh, there are real burdens and and real responsibilities we have to, you know, cater to. 100%. yeah, so so thinking through uncertainty can be very difficult. Um, I wanted to um, hear a little bit more about your wife. Um, yeah. Does she get involved in your business, and what role does she play? So huh. she, I call her the superwoman because she's the she's uh, has never not woken up at four thirty in the morning, never not gone to sleep at nine at night, never not uh, been thankful for every minute. She's just completely crazy. She doesn't want to. Uh, conform to any worldly standards. She's just happy. And now mm. I realize that she's been sent into my life so that I can be happy because I'm not happy most of the time. I'm always have some problem with the other at work. So she's a happy person and uh, she's an immigration lawyer by profession. Uh, mm. And she loves dogs. She's been put on this planet. She's a dog whisperer. She can walk into any situation with a ferocious dog and the dog becomes a cat and he comes in her proximity. So that's, that's, that, that's, uh, that's my wife. Oh, that's incredible. And, um, you know, you were talking about, no, there's a lot of uncertainty. Sorry. I keep coming back to this. I just sure, keep getting more ideas. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, particularly with, um, service businesses. And I wanted to, um, hear your thoughts around, um, those businesses that are brick and mortar products, businesses, um, and, and the opportunity that the internet provides for them particularly think like more um heritage old school businesses family businesses legacy businesses um what opportunities are there for them in terms of branding and and using the internet see i think you know before an opportunity comes you an opportunity comes uh like you know i i i I, I like to watch a lot of boxing so what happens is once you get punched and between one punch and the other you have an opportunity to punch the other guy so before an opportunity comes, sometimes you need to be punched in the face so that you can actually see it. Before that, you're in La La Land. You actually need mm. your, you know, your, your senses to, to be punched real hard for you to grow up for a second. And then you see opportunities. So I, I fear a lot of uh, mom and pop shops and family businesses don't like to get punched in the face. Or sometimes mm. they don't even have the flexibility to get punched up. Getting punched means losing one month of revenue. And sometimes they just have that one month of revenue. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, to sustain. So they don't take risks. And if they don't take risks, they're going to die anyways. So uh, that's for most people. I'm generally talking. 
but for people who look, listen to the, the kind of amazing content that you put out and and you know and understand that they need to uh the opportunities are 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 great because as human beings we don't like to change the people who change they have opportunities like for example i i truly believe that people need to now go back into deep meditation or or sitting with their coaches counselor actually opening their heart out and saying what is it that i really want to do in life mm. because it's going to be hard and it's going to be a long battle to set up new businesses and this time you cannot do what you did just for the money yes the money mm. will come but you need to follow your heart so this time when the world is going through crazy times only the uh, this is my own take on it i i am no expert i'm just just another person who loves talking on a podcast and i'm doing that with my life experience so mm-hmm. i'm no expert but i i know for a, i feel for a fact that the the winner of the 20 of the 22nd next century or whatever is going to be authenticity authenticity, authenticity. yeah you just need to be so true to yourself because the world today has a new superpower which is to be able to smell bullshit from a mile away so you cannot do anything with your when you you know that that doesn't have your heart in it you mm. know like if your heart is in the thing people will feel it you will still survive you'll figure out a way of doing it. i can't tell you which industry what profession what skill but i know for a fact that if you don't have your heart in it then mm-hmm. having even if you have 10 restaurants and you're just a business person i don't know if those 10 restaurants do well but if you have a heart in it a small coffee shop selling just lemonade and soda can do better because you're in it you know you had a story behind it so i think that's what's going to work more now incredible well thank you so much avi i've learned so 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 much from you um i guess you have any closing words last comments for listeners i have two closing comments one is that yeah. uh, uh i believe that you know when when we put something into google or we use our iphone for something and say a specific feature doesn't work we are surprised how can a $2000 phone not work it's mm. impossible we don't believe it we know there's a cure for it and we take it to the apple store and we don't say can you fix it is this fixable we say fix it because this is a superior product for $2000 and there's no way that this technology can be wrong my mm. belief is that if we have so much belief in a $2000 for iphone what about the technology of the world the universe that has brought you and i together on this podcast so it is happening for a reason and i want to say thank you very much for the uh you know for the half an hour that we spent together and that call that we had prior to this i don't i hope we stay in touch i don't know if we'll ever be able to uh meet or whatever but i know this happened for a reason maybe it happened just because you and i had to connect and share each other's stories maybe it had to happen because between you and i uh we had to share with one other person because you know the the story of the, through the podcast but mm. through this podcast i want to say Uh, to everybody who's listening that uh, your podcast is amazing you're amazing i don't know you but somewhere i feel there is something that i needed to say to you and this podcast became a message to say mm. it to others but i actually wanted to say it to you although i don't even know you and so thank you for giving me that time thank you thank you so much awesome the blessings and burdens of working with family i think that's such a heavy um title that you know this literally could be a whole book and perhaps I could write it because <laughs> I've had a lot of first hand experience as well as professional experience working with families in navigating the intricacies and the complexities the nuances of working with family members um firstly I'd love to start off on a positive note I think there are huge blessings of working with family because there's this inherent trust um typically that we have with our family members we love them um we 
expect that they have our backs and they want the best for us. And in a work environment, that trust can really translate um, where we're able to just give our family members autonomy over things that we may not necessarily give other third parties, or at least it will take a long time to build up that same level of trust bank. And that can lead to greater levels of transparency when working with family than working with third parties. Um, and also a, a greater level of camaraderie, particularly during the difficult times that um, may not be as glamorous and may not be spoken about on social media, but um, ultimately business owners have to grapple with seasons of perhaps low demand, season of, um, you know, high, um, low productivity, loss of key talent, um, difficulty in keeping up with obligations, you know, really tough seasons and having family member who understand those seasons, what one is going through can build up this camaraderie. But unfortunately, there are some challenges in working with family. Um, Often there's unexpressed expectations that just don't go um, communicated between family members and we just assume that each each family member knows what the other one wants or needs and as a result can lead to a lot of tension and friction. Also now when we start mixing work and family work and play work can have an impact on family dynamics and family dynamics can have an impact on work and so being able to navigate these really carefully and gracefully is so key to have both a productive working relationship as well as a harmonious family relationship and then lastly unfortunately all of this can build up towards conflict hopefully constructive conflicts which means that the family and the business are better off for it as opposed to destructive conflict or repeatable irreparable conflict which sees which leads to damaging business relationships as well as family relationships i just thought to just give some tips on these um and things to think about i think it's so important when working with family just to come with an open mind and to come with a flexible mindset given the fact that quite often we don't express our expectations and that can lead to, you know, um, resentment building up, hurt feelings. Um, It's really important to come with an open mind and always assume positive intent when dealing with family members and be prepared to take the implicit out into the explicit. By that, I mean communicate about the technical, about the business issues, communicate about the family emotional issues that are um, you may be harboring, nurturing and not necessarily talking about and then carries over into the boardroom and colours and taints one's the way one looks at their family member and makes assumptions as to the motives behind the things they've done, right? So taking things from the implicit to the explicit and really equipping oneself with the tools to navigate difficult conversations is really important. And lastly, I would say have governance, right? Particularly around issues that are of family that impact on business, on business that impact on family. You may want to think about a family employment policy. You may want to think about a conflict of interest policy. You may want to think about um, a board membership's policy. And you may want to think about starting to have a family council that meets and presides over these matters to ensure that 
business matters and not having a negative impact on family and vice versa. And if this is you and you're dealing with the blessings and burdens of working with family, I'd recommend you look out, um, you grab a copy of my book, Lifetime to Legacy. I talk a lot about the critical success factors of flourishing families and they embrace the three C's. They have clarity, they communicate and they collaborate. And I really unpack how you can embrace positive tools and techniques to ensure that you do have more blessing than burden of working with family. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care and God bless you.